Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Listening to Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIPC. Welcome back to the show. I am your bespectacled curmudgeon, Ethan Hatcher. Appreciate you tuning in. Where this week we may have witnessed the utter implosion of Republican Mayor Jefferson Shreve's campaign for office before really it's even gotten off the ground. All of this because he has issued a public safety plan, which he claims is well thought out. I just released my public safety plan for a safer Indianapolis. A lot of thought and a lot of listening went into this plan. You sure about that? You sure about that? But a closer examination really questions the wisdom of these proposals. And inviting onto the program, uh, it's been far too long, is the expert of Second Amendment rights here in Indiana, uh, Guy Relford from The Gun Guy Show, with us once again. Thanks for coming on, Guy. It's always a pleasure, Ethan. It's a a privilege to be here. Now, I, I of course, would uh, love to hear your thoughts on uh, the Jefferson Shreve uh, public safety proposals, but since I'd gotten my uh, show prep done, early i was tuning into your show just before <laughs> mine and I, I think i already got the drift of what you're feeling but i had let's, some uh, thoughts reiterate that i i, I had some thoughts <laughs> oh yeah, my goodness I, I, I absolutely did um so uh, the the two things of course that are the real sticking points here are he wants to raise the minimum purchase age to 21 and also ban so-called assault rifles including the ar-15 uh here within marion county something that can't even be done under indiana state law so it really questions the wisdom of why you would wade in to this issue when baked into his proposal is like well i gotta ask the for the authority to do it which you're not gonna get so why are you gonna tick off most of your base i don't i don't understand guy well i it, it is confusing and and listen ethan i've had a lot of people uh, so-called republican insiders reach out to me and try to explain it. And but but by the way, there there is a third one, which is he wants to roll back constitutional carry within Marion County. Oh boy! And so okay, but 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 I've had a lot of of Republican uh, just insiders. within the county. Yeah, just for the county. <laughs> yeah. How but, does that work? But but they reached out, and and here's what these people are saying. And again, his principal strategist is evidently this guy named Mark Lovers, who had some unkind things to say uh, in a recent interview about me. But at any rate, um, what they've done is they've done polling in Marion County, as any good candidate would do. Sure. And the polling, it's told them that a a lot of people in Marion County, a majority of people in Marion County, support additional gun control. So their theory is that they're going to come out and support gun control. Shreve's going to, by the way, do a 180 
on um, the pledges he made in filling out his NRA questionnaire when he ran for Indiana Senate in 2016. He was given an A rating, AQ, meaning he had, didn't actually hold office, so he didn't have a, a, a voting record. But based on his answers to the questionnaire, got an A rating. So he's, he answered all the questions about the exact same issues, constitutional carry, assault weapons, all the same things. He's going to do a 180 from that. And, and, and in the process, because, quote unquote, most voters in Marion County want more gun control, he's going to pick up enough votes to win the election according to their plan. And, 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 and what's interesting to me, and I talked about this to some degree on my show, which is, okay, who is it that's going to now not vote for Hogsett and vote yeah. for Shreve, yeah. or who yeah. wasn't going to vote for you know, before for anybody, but is now going to come out of the woodwork and vote for Shreve? Those two populations, who's going to do that as opposed to people who are already vo- voting for Hogsett because... Th- they favor gun control. Yes. And so if, if, if you're talking about, the, you said the majority of, I mean, again, their poll numbers said the majority of voters in Marion County uh, favor gun control. Well, guess what? The majority of voters in Marion County have been voting for Joe Hogsett now in, in, in a couple of different elections. So you're talking about the same number of people. So their theory apparently is they can, they can piss off whatever the percentage is of their base of Republicans and conservatives. But somehow enough people are going to say, wait a minute, these are the same exact gun control proposals that Hogsett came out, but I like them coming out of a Republican's mouth more than a Democrat's, Yeah. so I'm going to change my vote? No, this is a super problem, especially when you're running against what should be a weak incumbent Democrat. You have to differentiate yourself, and you don't do that by literally copy, pasta, paste uh, you know, his, his public safety plan. And it's already a problem because the guy basically looks like Joe Hogsett's brother yeah, you know, they could be yeah. virtual clones of each other <laughs> but no it's such an important point if you just come out with the same damn plan how are you creating separation between you and joe hogson <laughs> and here and here's the again it's just such a colossal blunder i'm angry at this guy for turning his his back on the second amendment i'm more angry at him believe it or not doing what i do is, is maybe come as a surprise to you i'm more angry at him because i thought because he was well funded he just sold a business for $590 million. He's Because he's well-funded, I thought he had a puncher's chance of coming in and sure. beating Joe Hogg. Sure. And I was excited about Jefferson Shreve running for mayor going, whoa, okay, we may have a viable candidate to at least go in with that puncher's chance of winning this election. And I think he's tanked the election. Yeah. And I and, and, and here's here's why. Not just however many because again they say, well, we, we don't think that many people, you know, support gun rights in Marion County. Okay. I don't know what your percentage is, but some of them do. So so say of, of people who have traditionally voted Republican, let's say only ten percent of them are gonna vote for you, or let's say it's twenty percent aren't gonna vote for you. How do you make those numbers up with people who support gun control who already support Joe Hogsett because you haven't separated yourself. And here's why that's such a colossal mistake. It's because you and I know what Hogsett's biggest weakness is. Crime. It's crime, right? And so what Joe Hogsett did with his gun control proposals that Jefferson Shreve has just now parroted, right? He's just mirrored <laughs> them, right? But what Joe Hogsett did with his gun control proposals, it was sleight of hand. It was a diversionary tactic. It was, oh, no, I'm not weak on crime. Oh, no, it's not me failing to support IMPD doing their jobs. Oh, no, it's not the Democrat prosecutor who's weak on crime. Oh, no, it's not you know, the policies of the city of Indianapolis on releasing people uh, on ankle monitors. It's none of that. It's not my fault. 
it's guns and we need we need more gun control and that will reduce crime so what that what that was was joe hogg's diversionary tactic it was sleight of hand it's not don't don't look over at this hand what this hand is doing look over here and what jefferson shreve has now done is by accepting joe hogg's weak excuse for why there's so much crime in indianapolis and his excuse for not doing his job as mayor by accepting that he's not only pissing off a whole bunch of people in his base, but he's given Joe Hogsett a pass on his biggest weakness that you and I just had here, looked at, right at each other, and neither one of us hesitated for a moment. We both said, crime, and you're giving him a free pass. Because he's accepted the premise. Because he's accepted the premise, and that's that was the bait that Joe Hogsett threw out there, and this idiot gobbled it up. And I'm angry. I'm angry about that, not just because I'm a two-way guy. I'm angry about it because he gave away a real opportunity, I thought, to win this election. Now, you brought up an interesting point, which is his ability to self-fund. And I want to circle back to that in just a moment after playing the campaign ad that he issued, which possibly may be, again, the, the death knell of this entire effort to run for mayor, where he ha- he, he reiterates, no, there is no difference between me and Joe Hogsett. Right. See, we support the same things. For seven years, Joe Hogsett has failed to keep Indianapolis safe. Violent crime has gotten worse. Election year smears are all Joe has left. You've probably seen them. Here's the truth. Jefferson Shreve supports a ban on assault weapons and the repeal of permitless carry. It's part of his plan to make Indy safe. Stop it! Stop it! Please! I beg you! It's a sin! It's a sin! It's a sin! But you brought up the issue of his ability to self-fund, and Jefferson Shreve spent what, almost $2 million in the Indianapolis primaries to defeat Abdul Shabazz and his campaign. That's already $2 million in the hole before the general election. So he could be spending anywhere from 6 to $10 million in a legitimate campaign, potentially, you know, a lot of that coming out of pocket. And my question to you, Guy, is what is the end goal here? Does Is he truly foolish enough to believe that by hoisting himself on the petard of this failure of an issue that he doesn't even have the legislative ability to to make a, a ruling on with the, the, the Indianapolis City Council. Um, what, what's he going to do wasting all this money? Because it just seems like it, it's throwing it into a well. I don't I don't understand the, the logic. Well, I think I think that he is apparently arrogant enough and his advisors, including this Mark Lubbers guy, are Ugh. stupid enough to tell him that this is a winning strategy and he can become mayor of Indianapolis with this strategy. And so it won't be uh, wasted money to become what he wants to be, which is mayor. And then they can use that to leapfrog um, into potentially uh, other other political offices. But... But, but what's so dangerous to me, Ethan, is, is part of what came out of this same quote where they came after me talking about living in my gated community. Um, but they also, again, talked about returning uh, courage and common sense to the soul of the Republican Party. If, if this were to be a so winning strategy. party under the bus. Good, great idea. Yeah. But if this were to be a winning strategy, that, that to me is so dangerous in terms of throwing the message out to other Republican parties yeah. that this is the way to win an election, which is all you got to do is be a, a worse than rhino 
Worse than rhino, and that's a term I don't even use that much. I think it gets thrown around way way too much, including on this radio station. But 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 to, worse than a rhino to completely turn your back on previous pledges to conservative principles, and that's the way to win an election as a Republican. That is so dangerous to me. And I said on my show, and it, it made me you know throw up a little bit in the back of my throat. But I'll take Joe Hogsett every day of the week and twice on Sunday before I want a, a Republican to be successful with that strategy. Well, we, you, you've you've certainly said a lot, and I agree that this is a boneheaded move by Jefferson Shreve. Uh, but unfortunately, we've gone longer than I intended in this segment. I will summarize it by saying that the the kid who copies uh, the questions on the test doesn't end up becoming the valedictorian, and <laughs> the guy who's copying his public policy from the guy the dude who's already in mayor isn't going to win the race. Sorry. What, what a great Just, metaphor. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on the Circle. Uh, thanks for joining the show, Guy. Always a pleasure, buddy. Stay tuned to 93 WIBC. This is ground control to Major Tom. You've really made the grade. You're listening to Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIBC. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is Ethan Hatcher, your host. Catch my podcast uploaded to Saturday night on the circle.fireside.fm, the show page on WIBC.com, and hop in the chat while we're broadcasting live on YouTube. Last segment, we were talking with Guy Relford about the implosion of the Jefferson Shreve campaign, basically before it's even started. And I forgot to mention, wanted a shout out to all you uh, taking chat. Uh, cheap shots in the peanut gallery of the comment section online say you know giving me crap for supporting abdul and like oh well he probably supports the teachers unions of jefferson shreve is a much better choice now look at the now look at what's happened yeah yeah look turned out guess i was right about that after all just wanted to throw that out there all right now to get into the meat of uh, this segment uh i thought it was interesting at the nato summit we're get, starting to get a little gratitude from vladimir Zelensky, and it was the united states that instigated it although it should have been uh, but joe biden is a is a weak executive no it was the united kingdom of all things the united kingdom defense secretary ben wallace told ukraine that his country was not the amazon for them to get weapons from uh, an endless store um, and according to the Guardian he said during the summit in uh, uh, Lithuania that whether we like it or not people want to see a bit of gratitude from Ukraine uh, and that we're persuading countries to give up their stocks of weapons and ammunition uh, and we need to persuade doubting politicians because they've Look, the world has sacrificed a lot for Ukraine, and I do think that it is a worthwhile cause, primarily because of you, the United States' involvement in instigating the conflict, which I'll explain in just a moment. But after pressure from the United Kingdom Defense Secretary, finally, Vladimir Zelensky thanked the Assembly for their contributions in helping to defend his country and also specifically mentioned the American taxpayer. So... You know, finally, a little gratitude. And you gave us huge support. I want to thank to all Americans who understand that it's more than 43 billions for today. It's big support. And I understand that it's all your money, but but you have to know that you spend this money for, for not, not just for fighting. You spend this money for our lives. 
So it was good to hear some acknowledgement of the support he's received. And, you know, in recent months, he's gotten a little testy, a little demandy with uh, some of his requests for aid around the world, particularly from America, who is uh, uh, putting up the lion's share. And ordinarily, I'm governed by a non-interventionist policy. I don't think the United States should be intervening as the... uh, uh, the world's police. I don't think we need to feed the military-industrial complex by involving ourselves in conflicts, uh, conflicts in far-flung corners of the world at all times, boots on the ground in virtually every country. We can scale back some of that and still maintain a healthy national defense. Um, but in this case, I think maybe the United States owes some support to Ukraine because of the ineptitude shown by this executive. He essentially invited the conflict to occur. Let's not forget, this all started almost like less than a week, I think it was, after a, con- uh, a press conference from Joe Biden in which he gave away United States policy that, oh, well, if a minor incursion into Ukrainian territory were occur, we won't intervene. Russia will be held accountable if it invades and it depends on what it does it's one thing if it's a minor incursion and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do etc and i'm not blowing that statement out of proportion because in the press conference at the time reporters picked up on him basically giving permission for an invasion to occur are you saying that a minor incursion by russia into ukrainian territory would not lead to the sanctions that you have threatened or are you effectively giving putin permission to make a small incursion into the country <laughs> good question um so it did sound like didn't it Am I evil? Am I like like an evil person? Oh my God. I mean, absolutely. Do I not tell you that enough? You are like the most evil guy I know, man. So because this nitwit stepped in front of the national stage, and this really emphasizes the importance of competency um, for the executive, uh, the leader of the free world, because when you make drops like that, it influences geopolitical, uh, the geopolitical climate. And in this case, because he said the United States would not directly militarily intervene. That gave the green light to put troops on the ground in Ukraine. And now I hear talks about a potential appeasement policy, Neville Chamberlain style, uh, by giving uh, Russia the Crimea region, potentially, which is a non-starter because their end goal is to regain control control of the whole country. They already uh, uh, got a portion of Ukraine shaved off, um, and it didn't appease them then. It won't appease them now. And so, that, you know, that whole issue is a non-starter. But I do feel in this case that the United States is somewhat indebted to Ukraine because of how we influence the ultimate outcome of that conflict. And, uh, it, you know, it would weaken our diplomatic strength to invite conflict and uh, chaos in the world and then completely abandon uh, the country upon whom we invited it upon. Uh, that's just my opinion. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on the Circle. We've got a lot more to come on the show. Up next uh, for Hat Tricks, uh, <laughs> some fun, uh, fun sound, including the exciting conclusion to the Secret Service investigation into whose cocaine made its way into the White House. After a, a dutiful and detailed search, they finally have reached their conclusion. And we'll share that with you up next for Saturday night on The Circle.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Saturday Night on the Circle podcast. Be sure to catch us live every Saturday night from 7 to 9 Eastern on 93 WIBC Indianapolis and watch us on the YouTube live stream where you can comment live with other fans. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. is Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIBC. Welcome back to the show. This week, after an intense 10-day investigation, the Secret Service has finally reported its findings on who brought a small bag of cocaine into the White House next to the Situation Room of all places. This segment, you'll hear the exciting conclusion, plus one Fox News contributor speculates what exactly makes Kamala Harris so unpopular as vice president, and we'll play a couple examples to support his theory. Finally, hear Biden perhaps subconsciously admit the corruption he's been come to be known for starting early in his days as a senator. Don't miss all of this in another exciting edition of Hat Tricks with Hatcher. It's time for another one of Hatcher's Hat Tricks. The story you are about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. You're listening to Saturday Night on the Circle, where I'm your host, Ethan Hatcher, and producer Carl. Beep, 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 pushing those buttons and doing the things to make the show function. We appreciate your dutiful work, as always, producer Carl. Beginning this week with the Secret Service, finally announcing their conclusion to an intense, endless, 10-day investigation into whose identity... Uh, the uh, the ultimate identity of who brought the cocaine into the White House and CBS gives us their verdict. After just 10 days, the Secret Service closed its investigation, unable to identify whose cocaine it was and how it got inside the White House. Oh. The small baggie containing roughly 0.2 grams of the drug was found July 2nd, just inside the guest entryway to the West Wing in a cubby used by visitors to store cell phones, steps away from the Situation Room. FBI analysts examining the bag looked for traces of DNA and fingerprints, but found no definitive results. The Secret Service, which briefed the House Oversight Committee this morning, scoured video inside and outside the building and said no surveillance footage provided investigative leads. You have to get out of denial. I've had failure in my life, but one thing I'm not in is denial. You're in denial. I'm not in denial. Without a doubt, she's in denial. So many things wrong, and yet everybody's in denial. Stop being in denial! Producer Carl, I see you giggling over there. It's like you don't believe the Secret Service couldn't identify the culprit here. Well, it's even worse than that. Did CBS News tell us that there are cubbies 
where the public can go, uh-huh. where you can stash uh-huh. anything, uh-huh. where the cameras aren't watching. Isn't uh-huh. that a threat? Uh-huh. Yeah. No, if I were a bioterrorist, I would be stashing my anthrax there because we know where the blind spot is. And just anybody could walk through. It's amazing. You know, I mean, they were able to identify people who attended the January 6th riots from these wide angle crowd shots. People, you know, in masks and basically they they only got the eyes visible from behind the mask and they figured out who those people were. They're like, oh yeah, no, that guy, he he belongs to, he's from Evansville in Indiana. We figured it out. Handcuffs for you, trial for you. Uh, But they can't figure out who brought cocaine into the White House. It's it's incredible. Yeah, the the blind spot is (laughs) Hunter. (laughs) The blind spot is Hunter. Well, well said. Producer Carl, I mean, okay, look, it doesn't have to be Hunter's cocaine. It could be a staffer's cocaine. Or he uh, was borrowing the cocaine. Or he was Hunter's borrowing the cocaine. cocaine. Uh, now, Donald Trump, he thinks he thinks it is Hunter's cocaine, but also Joe's cocaine. It's, it's, in my opinion, it's Hunter and probably Joe. Because, you know, you watch right. Joe at the beginning of his speech, and he's got a little life. Not much, <laughs> but he's got a little life. By the end of the speech, he's a disaster. He can't even find his way off the thing. So there's something going on there. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was for both of them. I think it's for both of them. But that's yeah. my opinion. I maintain it's not for both of them. Hunter, yes, because it wouldn't even be the first time that he's got caught leaving cocaine behind. Let's not forget he left coke in that rental car from Arizona. Um, But I don't think it's dad's cocaine because I maintain it's most likely amphetamines for dad. You know, you you, you want a little meth in the system to give you that extra oomph, especially at that age, you know, because I think your coke high is going to burn off a little quick. Uh, President Trump said something very important. Uh, In my opinion, (laughs) I don't know for a fact. No. Well, look, we can speculate here. I don't I don't think Hunter Biden is specifically going to come after us. But but come on, guy, you're photographing. I mean, you know what we're going to find, producer Carl, you know what we're going to find? We're going to find pictures of him taking a photo, leaving the baggie behind in the cubby on the Biden laptop, on the Hunter laptop. And and then the press is going to say that's Russian disinformation. Disinformation. (laughs) 50 intelligence agents, including people from the FBI who at the time already knew there was – it's ridiculous. So, yeah, no – we're not buying it. I almost would have respected the Secret Service more if they just admitted, look, we know who it is. We had a conversation. They're not going to do it again. We've chosen not to prosecute. And sh- oh, sure, that would be just corrupt as hell. But at least, at least it would be honest. Because saying that you don't know who put the coke in the White House, the most secure location, if not on the planet, then certainly in America, just makes you look stupid. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on The Circle. Continuing the conversation with Fox News contributor Mark Thiessen, who offered a thesis for why Kamala Harris vice president is so incredibly unpopular, historically unpopular, as a matter of fact. And although I would not say she is the most unpopular vice president in history, I'm just, you know, probably Andrew Johnson. I didn't give it a whole lot of thought, but probably Andrew Johnson, uh, the vice president of Abraham Lincoln, who became president and was subsequently impeached. He's probably taking a cake for the most unpopular uh, vice president, but 
Kamala Harris, certainly a close second, <laughs> close number two, uh, which is what she is right now. Number two. Anyway, um, uh, only 32 percent of registered voters have a positive view of Harris compared with 49 percent that have a negative view, including 39 percent with a very negative view, leaving her with a net 17 rating. That's not coming from Fox News. That's coming from an NBC poll. <laughs> so that, that's not good. Um, and and uh, Fox News contributor Mark Thiessen offered uh, a possible theory to explain why she's so unpopular. He has this habit of taking, talking about the most mundane things in this deeply profound voice. And when people hear that, when they people say hear her say transportation is about getting people for the place they want to go and says it in such a profound way, they think one of two things. Either one, they think she's stupid. He said it. He said it. Yeah, yeah, there it is. There it is. Or they think she thinks I'm stupid. Yeah. They people don't like to be talked to like a child. And so when and so either they did, they just lose confidence in her or they think she's talking down to them. And we've got a couple examples of how she breaks things down in this very childlike way, um, including this week when she was talking about artificial intelligence. And producer Carl, you'll appreciate this because I think we have a new theme song for the vice president. Uh, we, we've been playing a, a, a theme for a, a press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre. Oh, awesome. You know, nice French accordion music. But since Kamala Harris has such a childlike view of the world, I thought perhaps her theme would be Brahms lullaby. And I think the first part of this issue that should be articulated is AI is kind of a fancy thing. It's, first of all, it's two letters. It means artificial intelligence. But ultimately what it is, is it's about machine learning. And so the machine is taught. And part of the issue here is what information is going into the machine that will then determine and, and we can predict then, if we think about what machine, what information is going in, what then will be produced in terms of decisions and opinions um, that may be made through that process. Shut up, silly woman. Do we have thoughts, producer Carl? Is yeah, that, that an appropriate perfect. choice? Yeah. Perfect. All right. Um, here's another uh, example of Kamala Harris, this time emphasizing the importance of I don't know where she pulls this crap from. I guess this is what, what happens when your government is wokeified and DEI is uh, at the forefront of their minds. Talking about high-speed internet for uh, indigenous peoples, because that's what we really need here in the USA is high-speed internet for indigenous peoples. The work that we are doing to, again, deal with disparities also includes acknowledging that for so many um, people in indigenous people who don't have access to high-speed internet. And so the president and I feel very strongly about that, and we've dedicated $2 billion to what we need to do for Indian country to support the installation of high-speed internet. Did I hear that right? $2 billion for high-speed internet on the reservations. Now, producer Carl, I remember when they said $10 billion was too much to build the wall. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't think that all the billions go to yeah. the actual internet, though. Yeah. No, that, that $2 billion to buy you a hell of a lot of internet. That's for sure. Um, now, we also have some examples of President Joe Biden early, early in his career. I can't believe haven't seen this clip sooner. I'm sure uh, 
the people who uh, dug this up have been sitting on it for a while, waiting for the opportune time of release. But it's Joe Biden shortly after he was uh, elected senator uh, the, of Delaware, then the youngest senator at the time, all the way back in 1974. And even then, he was basically admitting he's corrupt on tape. Listen. Senator Biden, it's nice to have you here as the youngest member of the Senate, the one, therefore, who may expect the longest career there. I wonder if you'd say to us, since it's clear that you're not corrupt and you got elected, why should people think that the system produces corrupt results when there you are? Well, I'm not sure you should assume I'm not corrupt. He said it. He said it. There it is. There it is. But I thank you for that, though. The system does produce corruption, and I think implicit in the system is corruption, when in fact, whether or not you can run for public office, and it costs a great deal of money to run for the United States Senate, even from a small state like Delaware, uh, you have to go to those people who have money, and they always want something. I mean, isn't that wild, Producer Carl, talking about saying the quiet part out loud? Wow, and you can't blame old age on on no, that response. No, he still had re- what relatively limited wits he had were still about him at the time. So, you know, just saying it out in the open. And he knew he was corrupt because this it, it he was taking docu- top secret documents right after he was uh, elected senator, basically, and pocketing them in his in his cheap suits. And he, ta- he talked about this recently, admitting he had documents dating back to 1974, the same year that clip was recorded. So he knew what he was doing. I made voluntarily, no one's had to threaten to do anything. Voluntarily open every single aperture I have with the house offices, everything for them to come and look and spend hours searching my home, invited them. Nobody, and so, and the best of my knowledge, the kinds of things they picked up were things that from 1974, and stray papers. There may be something else I don't know. You stole it! He stole it! No, I didn't! The corruption of the Biden crime family goes back no less than 50 years, which is incredible. And now he has failed his way upwards to become the president of the United States, which is galling and incredible and is really indicative of why it is so imperative for us to get the Republican nominee right, because we cannot have another four years of this guy. And I don't think Trump is the man for the job. I'm sure many disagree but we have potentially better options at our disposal. So let us consider that. And in the meantime, stay tuned to 93 WIBC, where we have more Saturday night on The Circle coming up. This is Saturday Night on The Circle on 93 WIBC. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I am Ethan Hatcher, your bohemian codger, producer Carl, pushing the buttons and doing the things to make the show function. You can find all my podcasts uploaded to SaturdayNightOnTheCircle.Fireside.FM, the show page on WIBC.com. And of course, always feel free to hop in the chat live while we broadcast on the YouTube. Have a lot of fun conversations in the chat while the show is going on. So don't miss out if you have the time. Um, In this segment for the 
few minutes we have left, thought I'd delve into Mika Brzezinski, I believe the same woman who Donald Trump said was once bleeding from the eyes. Uh, she made a rather damning uh, blame this week, uh, uh, trying to explain Joe Biden's constant faltering and gaffes and public stumbling and falling over stationary bikes and tripping over sandbags. And you know who she blamed? She blamed the staff of the White House for being incompetent and not giving him enough support. I think his staff needs to own his age. I'm just going to be honest. I don't think they do a good job uh, helping out the president. Well, that admission uh, did not go over very well because she talked about him being 80 and needing the extra support from staff and so kind of got raked over the coals. Obviously, the clip made its way uh, rounds around the media and so they decided to overcompensate, did the uh, husband-wife team on the Morning Joe show. Uh, Joe Scarborough then saying that Joe Biden, ah, there's nothing wrong with Joe Biden. Actually, there's a lot to, to be proud of with the Biden administration. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter that he's fallen over on bikes. I've got to say, Joe Biden, whether you're talking about the economics, whether you're talking about NATO, whatever you're talking about, he's doing a great job. Now the, uh, Sometimes he has trouble riding a bike, but Chris oh, Sell stop. does as well. Okay, don't let's not get started on that. It's called okay. basic stage managing. Right. <clears throat> but in terms of domestic policy and what is happening on the world stage, mm -hmm. Democrats have a lot to brag on a for this lot. president. <laughs> you serious? Democrats know they got a problem. If there's a competent Republican challenger for the presidential election of 2024, it's game over. And Democrats know that they're, they're just trying to, to deflect. They're, they're trying to gaslight because that's not the reality that we all see, whether it comes to the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan or, my God, they mentioned the economy. What part of the economy is rocketing forward? In fact, uh, you got rising interest rates from the Fed. They're trying to uh, tamp down the government, the growth caused uh, by government spending. Um, the, you got food shortages. Uh, you got supply chain problems. Uh, you got train derailments. I mean, just so many parts of America are falling apart before our eyes under Joe Biden's negligent watch, uh, let alone foreign policy, the, the conflict caused in Ukraine uh, by his weakness on the international stage. No, I dare say, Joe Schmo, that there is not a lot to be proud for. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on The Circle. More conversation on the way in the next hour. Guest uh, Rob Kendall will be coming on the show to talk about his trials and travails after uh, paternity leave. I know you've probably already heard about uh, his escort from the Brownsburg Town Council meeting, but I haven't talked to him about it yet, so we're going to go over that again. Uh, plus, last week, Attorney General Todd Rakita taking pot shots for absolutely no reason on the Hammer and Nigel show. So that was curious. Uh, we'll be getting into that, all that and more in the next hour. So stay tuned to Saturday Night on The Circle. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Saturday Night on the Circle podcast. Be sure to catch us live every Saturday night from 7 to 9 Eastern on 93 WIBC Indianapolis and watch us on the YouTube live stream where you can comment live with other fans.
Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. So every time you stumble, never grumble. Next time you bumble, even less. For up from the ashes, up from the ashes, grow the roses of success. This is Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIBC. Grow the roses of success. What's up, my homies? Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on the Circle. I'm your host, Ethan Hatcher, the bespectacled broadcaster. You can find my podcasts uploaded to Saturday night on the circle.fireside.fm, the show page on WIBC.com, and we're broadcasting live on the YouTube Saturday, uh, Saturdays, 7 to 9. This hour, we'll be inviting guest Rob Kendall onto the program. He's going to revisit uh, the highlights, or the lowlights, I should say, from his escort from the Brownsburg Town Council meeting to the shame of Lord Travis Tashane and his uh, authoritarian. Also, Attorney General Todd Rakita picking a fight for no reason while he was on paternity leave. Uh, and baby Olivia will get into all that coming up in the next segment. Don't miss it. But this uh, this segment first, I thought it would be prudent to begin with the uh, 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 House Judiciary Committee questioning of Christopher Ray, which mostly was a theatrical spectacle. Let's be honest. I mean, we can do some victory laps. There was a very fine showing from several representatives who asked salient questions and got the good sound bites, but that's that's all it's going to be at the end of the day. We've we've been to this rodeo a few times now, and nothing ever comes of it. There's some good sound, you know. There's some gotcha moments, but there's no accountability. Christopher Ray will continue functioning in his capacity as director of the FBI, and in all likelihood, at least under the uh, Biden administration, conservatives will continue to be targeted. Whether it's speech on social media, which is especially damning considering the FBI's insider information and the fact they'd already verified the. Val- of Hunter Biden's laptop and still going to social media, uh, pressuring them to censor that story uh, during an election year, basically interfering in an election uh, uh, or targeting uh, the Catholic Church. Several instances of the FBI abusing its authority and Christopher Ray having no answer for that. Matt Gates specifically asked if he was uh, defending the Biden family, which by all appearances, especially considering how they handled the laptop or uh, uh, the firearm incident from Hunter Biden, would appear Yes, it would appear the Justice Department is shielding the Biden family. I'm sitting here with my father. I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. 
Sounds like a shakedown, doesn't it, Director? I'm not going to get into commenting on that. You, you, you seem deeply uncurious about it, don't you? Almost suspiciously uncurious. Are you protecting the Bidens? What? No. Absolutely not. The FBI well, does not the, has no well, interest on. in You won't answer the question about whether or not that's a shakedown, and everybody knows why you won't answer it. Because to, ev- to the millions of people who will see this, they know it is. And your inability to acknowledge that is deeply revealing. And he tried to throw a zinger uh, at the representative of Florida somehow, you know, making making mention of uh, the many people in the FBI who had applied from the state of Florida. And Matt Gates made sure to reaffirm we are support the proud members of the FBI, uh, you know, from the, the uh, uh, state of Florida. And they deserve a, a better representative than Christopher Ray at the head. It's like, boom. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, you know, zinger failed, uh, at least on Christopher Ray's end. He also seemed to indicate to uh, another congressman uh, before the Judiciary Committee that uh, Joe Biden, uh, Representative uh, Tiffany, uh, seemed to uh, indicate that Joe Biden was under criminal investigation potentially for the bribery scandal that has since come to light in the drip drip of information received from the now verified one em- emphasize that Hunter Biden laptop leak. Um, and, and here he seemed to uh, admit that Biden is under investigation. Did Joe Biden take payments from Burisma or any other foreign companies as vice president, president, or private citizen Biden? Uh, As you may know, there is an ongoing investigation being led by the U.S. attorney in Delaware, Mr. Weiss, appointed uh, by President Trump in the last administration that our Baltimore field office is working with, and I would refer you to to him as to what, if anything, can be shared. So the president is under, um, he is under um, investigation. I'm not going to confirm or speak to who is or isn't under investigation for what. I'm simply going to tell you. So he's not under investigation? I didn't say that either. I see nothing. I know nothing. Okay, so... If the rule is you can't comment on something while an active investigation is underway and you use that as the rationale for not commenting on an issue, that does infer that an investigation is taking place here. Christopher Ray really uh, looking bad in this exchange, uh, you know, as 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 you would expect from uh, one of these hearings. Uh, you, you know, they, they typically don't do that uh, to make you look good. Uh, now, what's really interesting is Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme, Chris Christie, who has entered the presidential race, uh, is going to bat for uh, Christopher Wray. The reasoning behind this is because Christopher Wray was his representation through Bridgegate in New Jersey. So what this is is essentially a little bit of a quid pro quo. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, and do a little bit of uh, circling the wagons in the uh, the media criticism. So here's Krispy Kreme going to bat for Christopher Ray. What you saw today, I think, was an animated and combative FBI director who's defending the men and women who work for him every day and do a great job and protect us from domestic terrorism, from international terrorism, and from these drug cartels and are helping state and local law enforcement every day with their things. So yeah, I, I, I think Chris Ray has done a very good job. And I think, look, a lot of the stuff you see today, John, is theater, um, the people trying to raise money for campaigns. Doesn't mean there aren't problems at the FBI. There are. But I believe Chris is a guy who can get him fixed, and he's fixed a lot of them already. Amazing. Every word of what you just said was wrong. 
So aside um, from uh, saying that everything was theater, which I, I think there is a lot of theater there, obviously Chris Ray not doing a good job as FBI director and his appearance before the Judiciary Committee was basically thumbing his nose at the American public by refusing to give uh, cogent uh, and transparent answers to the questions asked by the representatives. Here's Jonathan Turley weighing in um, and saying that he treated the American public like Trump which I agree. Congress has to make a decision here. You know, they just went through an entire hearing where they were given nothing. He was far more detailed uh, when Eric Swalwell asked him about the FBI family day. With that, he, he was he, he just held forth at length. But when he's asked about censorship, he gives answers that seem rather obviously false. You know, he, he said that the FBI focused on foreign disinformation. That's just not true. I mean, we have the emails. I mean, it, at some point, you're treating the public like chumps. That's probably the most disappointing thing and the most threatening thing is the fact that the FBI was going after the speech of American citizens and thus becoming a political, not independent wing of the government, uh, becoming, you know, a version of the secret police, which is not good, not good in a free republic. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on the Circle. We've got a lot more on the way, including Cider Sample Saturday. Stay tuned for that. Uh, be sampling uh, something tried on Hammer and Nigel yesterday with producer Carl. Uh, and up next, guest of the show, Rob Kendall, will be coming on the program and we'll discuss uh, how he's been bullied by the Republican establishment of the state. Of course, he's a big boy. He can take it, but we'll dive into all that up next. So stay tuned. is Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIBC. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on the Circle. I'm Ethan Hatcher, your square peg in this round world. Check the podcasts on my WIBC.com show page and SaturdayNightOnTheCircle.Fireside.com and join us on the YouTube while we broadcast live. A few weeks ago, WIBC's firebrand Rob Kendall was attending his own town council meeting when the Lord President Travis Deshane had him forcibly escorted by police from the chamber. We'll recap this cartoonish moment in town council tomfoolery plus the wild haymaker thrown by Attorney General Todd Rokita last week on the air with Hammer and Nigel. Welcoming back to the show is the unforgettable teller of truths, defender of liberty, champion of the American way. He's the NDOTB, new dad on the block, and often off the rails. Rob Kendall joins us once again. Ethan, uh, yes, I have a gift in life. I have very few actual talents, but one of them is I have the ability to bring out the absolute worst in people. The ire yeah. of like every, everybody establishment he is immediately drawn like a lightning rod to Rob Kendall, and if nothing else, it's endlessly entertaining. Yes, well, it gets them nowhere, but it's hella fun. Yeah, it is weird, right? <laughs> like, the obsession that people have with me. I mean, isn't that weird? Because I actually have no power over anyone. I'm not an elected person. I'm just a guy with a radio show, and that is apparently too much for people at all levels and layers of government. Let's get the old news out of the way first, because although everybody else has had the chance to talk with you about it, I 
haven't yet. Yes. And now you are back from your sabbatical as the new father. Congratulations, Thank you. by the way. Thank you. I, I, uh, I played a big role in the process and uh, <laughs> deserve a lot of credit. But here was the uh, conflict, the moment uh, when you were escorted from the chamber <laughs> by Lord Travis for just asking a question. How does an item make it to the town council agenda? Uh, it appears an item which would have major ramifications for the town going forward, that being the dissolution, potential dissolution of the Parks Board, made it to... Sorry, Mr. Kendall. We said we weren't taking any Parks Board comments tonight. No, I'm, thank you. I'm, I'm talking about the agenda, period. No, thank no, you. No, I'm going to keep going. No. You can arrest me if you want. And to clarify, you will speak when spoken to. No, I think I speak when I walk. It's a free country, Jack. Mr. Bullock, can you remove Mr. Okay. Kendall then? I have a right to talk about the agenda, sir. You cannot disrupt the meeting. I'm not disrupting the meeting, sir. I'm asking I'm asking a question. How does something make it to the meeting? And thereafter, escorted from the chamber. So the best part about this, Ethan, is the poor cop, and I've known him for a long time. He was on the he was on the police force when I was on the council. He freely admits when he gets into the lobby with me, he goes, what? I was out in the hall. What's going on here? And so part of me is like, okay, cool. At least you manned up and admitted you didn't know what was going on. But then why did you make a blanket statement that I'm disrupting the meeting when you admit you have no idea? And he kept asking, because there must be more to it than what you're telling me. I was like, dude, no. That guy, Travis Deshane, is a narcissistic, maniacal, sociopathic lunatic, and he hates my guts because I regularly call off what a buffoon he is in terms of running our town. And finally, the police chief comes out, who's also in the meeting, and confirms what I've been saying, which is, no, that's what happened. And so both of the cops, I mean, this is how pathetic this thing is, both of the cops are like, dude, just go back up and speak again at the end of the meeting because we are not removing you from this building and we are certainly not arresting you. I mean, you when we talk about weaponization of law enforcement against regular people, when we talk about government, you know, we hear a lot about Garland and the DOJ. This is also the crap that are people people are talking about. An abuse of power Absolutely. from the top to the bottom. And the reason the abuse of power is taking place is Lord Travis Tashane, high ruler of the town of Brownsburg, who once told me in a bar his life's ambition was to be a state representative. Kind of low, right? I mean, you'd think you'd at least aim for senator. Yeah. You wouldn't stop at state rep. But that's his life's ambition made an ass out of himself. And he, he embarrassed himself in this community because he's a very power-hungry individual who wanted to dissolve the park board because they were pushing back on some of his bullcrap and shenanigans. And he missed a major flaw, a major issue, in dissolving the park board. So he put it on the agenda with no notice. Didn't even notify all of his fellow councilmen. They One freely admitted, I had no idea this was going on or why or whatever. And then had to re remove it from the agenda because he hadn't done his homework. So my question was, <laughs> look, I had to waste all my time studying this issue that isn't even going to be voted on tonight. So how does something get on and get off the agenda? And apparently in his eyes, that was a federal crime. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but his name is basically like a comic rim shot. But um, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just living up to his namesake. Um, but this is ridiculous. Now that it's had a couple weeks to simmer, I'm curious, what is the scuttlebutt around town? Do people notice this? Does anyone care, or is this only entertaining to the people in uh, talk show media? Well, no, I think in our town it was a big deal. In fact, last, what would it be, Thursday night at the town council meeting when they finally voted, I guess they got their ducks in a row finally and voted to dissolve, fire the park board, 
people even mentioned it from the dais. And look, some guy got up and asked the question, and you guys had him forcibly removed. I mean, I, it should be look. I, I, look, I'm a big boy, right? And I'm not a sympathetic figure. Okay, I'm not. You know, I'm an adult, and they know who I am. And when I get up there and speak, they know what I am, and they hate my guts. They being the counsel. It's so. incredibly difficult to make you look like a victim. Well, that's what it was funny because I was talking to Micah Beck with that night when it happened, and he goes, "They somehow found a way to make you a victim." And I think that, so. There's going to be a handful of people that are like think not only should I be evicted from the council room, but I should be sent to Guantanamo, and Jack Bauer should be given five minutes alone with me. But but the average person looks at that and goes, "Dude, the guy asked a question. You created the problem, town. He's asking how you get things on your agenda to vote on, and you're so insecure that you have the cops forcibly remove Escort him, support him from the chamber. <laughs> but it's not just local government, town council. You have ticked off the upper echelon of the Indiana Republican establishment when you've got the Republican Attorney General taking rando cheap shots, pot shots, at you in a conversation about what he's doing to Target and then brings you up in the middle of uh, the Hammer and Nigel show. Everyone calls WIBC with tips and I actually had WIBC call me with a tip. It was amazing. It was 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 your morning show uh, counterpart. Not the one that acts like, not the one that acts like a uh, jilted lover. Oh, <laughs> starts at nine thirty. Not him. Boom, roasted. The other one. Uh, and 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 I thank him. Yeah, he showed you. Um, Got you there. The great Willie Nelson once had a song, Burned. Ethan, said, you're you're always on my mind. Yeah, you were always on my mind. Look, Todd Rokita is a very insecure, pathetic person, and Todd Rokita lives in a world where unless you kiss his ass and tell him how great he is, then he hates your guts. And Todd Rokita is mad that I have a platform that points out what an incompetent buffoon he is and how he's a terrible attorney and how he has no business being attorney general and how he win, loses easily winnable cases like the the Holcomb restrictions case, how he makes an idiot out of himself in our state when he goes on Fox News and flaps his gums like he did in the abortion doctor thing. And Todd Rokita does not like to be challenged, and he knows there's a guy with a platform who challenges his just blatant incompetence. If Todd Rokita would stop doing stupid stuff, I'd stop talking about it. And you glean the benefit of what Rush Limbaugh often talked about, living rent-free in their head. Okay, but let's, let's, just, let's remove me from the equation. <laughs> Right. Okay. So I had been on paternity leave for almost 10 days. I had not tweeted anything about Todd Rokita. I certainly not been on the radio talking about Todd Rokita. And you have the guy who is the chief law enforcement officer for the state of Indiana. He's not just a politician. He's the chief law enforcement officer for the state of Indiana. And he's so insecure and let's just say mentally deranged at this point that he goes on a radio show and you know Ethan from that clip they're not talking about me they're not talking about anything I've said he was dead set from the moment he went on that show I'm going to get a jab in at Rob Kendall that's sick it's insane. I mean, you'd think, more importantly, they'd have better, or that he'd have better things to do. But he doesn't. Because, Well, and this, look, Todd Rokita, we've we've laid this out. He's hired his cronies who are incompetent and buffoons just like him. And Todd Rokita gets mad 
when you point out his very obvious flaws. And I love the fact that he used Jilted Lover because Jilted Lover would imply that I want some sort of friendship or relationship with Todd Rokita. I don't want anything to do with Todd Rokita. If Todd Rokita were to stop being, being Attorney General and stop and got out of politics and out of elected office, and I, I would never mention his name again, I give zero cares about Todd Rokita other than he takes my money and acts like an idiot with it. Seems like it's maybe a bit uh, uh, a case of projection here. I will not be ignored, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Saturday Night on The Circle. Before I wrap things up, though, you uh, you were mentioned that you were on paternity leave. What's it like being the new dad? I'm I'm so excited for you. I think this is great news. I, I was happy that everything turned out well. How's the first couple weeks been? It's awesome. Uh, anybody who's been a parent will know this, that there is nothing like the moment when you first hold your kid and you look at them and you see parts of yourself in them. Now, my daughter... Maybe we'll call it misfortune, I don't know, of looking, having a lot of my features. And so it is a daily reminder for me. The other night I was feeding my daughter at like 2.30 in the morning. And I just held her and looked at her and she had her eyes open and she's staring back at me. And I'm seeing myself when she sleeps. She sleeps the way I slept when I'm a baby. We can put pictures right next to each other and it's identical. Man, God is strong. God is awesome. God is good. And God delivered us this beautiful baby and it's just the greatest feeling in the whole world. Maybe this all works out because if she took took your looks, then perhaps she'll glean mom's personality. Because <laughs> I was terrified of the prospect of a tiny female Rob Kendall running around town taking everybody to Task. Well, we we did name her Olivia Thatcher, and that is important if we have just a moment, because Olivia is for the olive trees at the Garden of Gethsemane, in which Jesus paid the ultimate price for all of us, and so uh, that is very important. And then her middle name is Thatcher for Margaret Thatcher, one of the great female leaders in world history who toppled communism and, most importantly, did very hard things when they were not easy to do. And so we hope her name will be a reminder of the importance of God and to always stand up for others and do what is right even when it is not easy. Beautiful, my friend. Hey, you, you, well, you get better looking every time I see you. You get skinny and better looking every time I see you. Well, that's what happens when you take care of yourself. Yeah, you're, you're, you're the best, Ethan. We love you, man. Thanks for listening to 93 WIBC. Stay tuned for more Saturday Night on The Circle. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Saturday Night on the Circle podcast. Be sure to catch us live every Saturday night from 7 to 9 Eastern on 93 WIBC Indianapolis and watch us on the YouTube live stream where you can comment live with other fans. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Posh, traveling life, the traveling life for me. First cabin and captain's table, regal company. Whenever I'm bored, I travel abroad, but ever so properly. 
Fall down, starboard home, push with the capital P. You're listening to Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIPC. The hands that hold the scepters. Welcome back to Saturday Night on the Circle, where I'm your host, Ethan Hatcher, and producer Carl. Push the button, doing the things to make the show function. In this segment, we'll talk about the Hollywood apocalypse that is upon us as now all of Los Angeles. The Hollywood economy has come to a grinding halt, and I could not be happier about this outcome. Again, thanks for listening to the show. We'll be wrapping up here uh, things here soon. In the next segment, stay tuned for uh, a little bit of an experimental segment, a holdover from yesterday. Cider Sample Saturday. Uh, we did Beer Sample Friday yesterday um, and decided to share that with Carl, so we'll be doing that in the next segment. But first, uh, the Screen Actors have now dis- Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists Union went on strike, joining the 11,000 already striking film and television writers. Now, the screen actors have a little bit more of a legitimate beef, even though I know most of you are saying these guys are paid millions of dollars. What stake do they have in this? They're not poorly compensated compared to the writers. Well, in this case, they're looking out for the extras because this is this is a little bit of a uh, dirty trick from Hollywood. And they had to know this wouldn't fly, but they were trying to propose some sort of contract which would allow them to uh, capture the likeness of extras using AI through like a day of production. And then they would be able to capture their likeness and use it in perpetuity without providing them compensation. So... Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a bit of a problem there. Uh, you, you need to be uh, paid for your performance, uh, and your you also have the right to your likeness. So no Hollywood can't retain your likeness and offer you uh, no compensation for utilizing it in commercial works. That's absolutely ridiculous. So okay, the screen actors do have a legit a uh, bit of a legitimate beef there, but Hollywood has been completely off the rails over the last few years. So I don't think. Anybody is disappointed to see them pack it in and hopefully get back on the right track. I mean, my God, Carl, I don't know if you've been going to the movies lately, but there have been some real stinkers, especially like lately. Yeah, I don't I don't go to see the movies, so I wouldn't know. (laughs) Well, (laughs) uh, it's funny you say that because you and a whole heck of a lot of other people are choosing not to spend their hard earned dollars at the movies these days because they're stinkers. Warner Brothers, The Flash, they had to have gone through a paid advertising campaign. Lots of actors, producers, writers said it was going to be the best superhero movie yet. And now it is the biggest loss for the DC expanded universe. Marvel uh, Phase 4 was a complete flop, and now Bob Iger is finally having to admit uh, that there is the, the cracks in the foundation are starting to show, and Disney has been suffering financially. Uh, the Woke Little Mermaid, uh, which uh, recently brought uh, or was released, did, didn't make back, I think, half its production, uh, ultimate uh, production budget, um, and, and released upon the world monstrosities like this. To see and hear what I found. Remember the swamp? Remember my song in the swamp when I was like, wham, chicka, wham, wham, no, make it stop. Yeah, no, uh, that definitely wasn't in the original. So, of course, when you're adding stuff like that and you're engaging in woke virtue signaling, of course, your films are going to flop. Also, most notably, Indiana Jones and the Disaster of Dysentery. Um, huge loss 
uh, but because it had a huge budget, it had more than a th at least what we know of a 300 to 350 million dollar budget with reshoots, possibly a 400 million dollar budget with uh, advertising campaign for that. Add on another 125 million, so you're looking at a 500 million to 525 million dollar uh, production all in. And in order to make just make your money back, that puts you at a billion dollar film because theaters um I, i'm not sure how many of you are aware of this keep at least 50 percent of the box receipts or at least typically keep uh, at least 50 percent of the uh, uh box office sales so if you spend 14 bucks on a tippet ticket uh theater keeps seven and uh the production company keeps seven so you need to make back at least twice in box office sales what the budget was just to break even so just to break even, they need this to be a billion-dollar film, and they need it to be more than a billion-dollar film in order to turn a profit, which makes this by far, I believe, Lucasfilm's biggest uh, box office flop to date under the disastrous leadership of Kathleen Kennedy, which is uh, to be expected. That woman's got to know where some bodies are buried to have been uh, overseen so many disastrous failures, uh, cutting the audience of Star Wars, uh, the box office sales, in half compared to where it started in The Force Awakens, and then by the time uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker rolled around, the audience was uh, it was conflicted. They'd already left. Now they've uh, thrown Mandalorian into the dumpster. I mean, lots of disasters with uh, the the Disney world of uh, of production, especially Lucasfilm, but other parts of Disney too, Marvel. Um, and and what's worse, <laughs> I don't think there's going to be a change immediately, at least in Disney, because the board of directors has voted to extend Bob Iger's contract through 2026. Uh, has has not necessarily good news because Bob Iger was responsible for a lot of the change in leadership, uh, you, you know, for uh, keeping characters like v uh, Victoria Alonzo around, uh, a lot of the changes to the theme parks, you know, where you're uh, s s squeezing more water from stone, uh, you know, more blood from stone, more uh, uh, money from the consumer base, uh, really making it exorbitantly expensive, even more th than it already was to go to Disney World, all that. Bob Iger is responsible for. So the fact that they've retained him for leadership as Dis at Disney is not good news. But you know they're in trouble when now Bob Iger is also signaling there may be for sale signs going up at the House of Mouse for some of their uh, non-important intellectual properties. Uh, not... What, what, how'd he phrase it? Uh, it's not core to the brand, said DEO, uh, CEO Bob Iger. Uh, they could be selling uh, stuff like the uh, ABC network. So they are seriously hard up for cash right now, and it couldn't happen to a better company. With great wokeness comes great brokenness. They thought they could get away with just putting any kind of crap out there and it'd make over a billion dollars. They got too cocky. They inflated the production budgets, and now they're losing their ass at the box office. So, ha ha. I just uh, I just read uh, at work the other day on uh, my uh, Edge browser that um, the Disney itself might be up for sale. That Apple yes, may yes. be considering buying it. Um, potentially, some tire kicking is going on, according to industry analysts. That hasn't been finalized or even teased, but it is a possibility, and also you know indicative of just how far, how drastically they've fallen. Their stock price has tumbled more than I think fifty percent. You know they were riding high not too long ago, like uh, damn near two hundred dollars for a share, and now it's plummeted to I think ninety, maybe lower. You know. Um, well, what you didn't could mention, be a value buy soon. What you didn't mention, I saw it also in the news stories, and they just showed it on Fox News about how eerily 
empty Disney World was oh. this year. And and what they blamed was is that they said, well, you know, it's it's hot in Florida. Yeah. And I'm like, it's <laughs> always hot in Florida. But in it's hot summer. at Universal Studios, too, and they're not having the yeah. same kind of attendance problem. So maybe it's something that Disney is doing. And they've reported about the dilapidation at Disney parks that used to have a high standard. Now there's trash and stuff. Uh, there's decay. Uh, there's mold in some of the amusement rides, according to some reports. So, yeah, Disney, uh, finally, the chickens are coming home to roost for the House of Mouse. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on the Circle. Cider Sample uh, Saturday coming up next. Stay tuned. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Saturday night on The Circle on 93 WIPC. You like that bumper music producer, Carl? I figured that was appropriate for a segment, which we'd uh, be imbibing some liqueurs on the show. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on The Circle. I'm your host, Ethan Hatcher, doing a little bit of an experimental segment. A nod to yesterday, Cider Sample Saturday had some leftover from the Hammer and Nigel show. I filled in uh, with Indy Spanglish, Jerry Lopez, and uh, together we uh, tasted Ace California Craft Cider. So this comes from uh, uh, producer Carl's. Uh, adoptive state there. So it has a high standard to live up to. Yeah, well, uh, this is the oldest cidery in the U.S. established after the Prohibition uh, in 1993. So first we'll replay uh, the segment, uh, a portion of the segment from yesterday's Cider Sample Friday, and then we'll uh, get producer Carl's thoughts on a Perry Craft Cider from Ace Premium Cidery. I thought I'd make an executive decision instead of doing beer sample Friday, since I don't really drink a lot of beer around the house. Thought we'd do a cider sample Friday instead, because I am a hard cider consumer, like a little sweetness in my alcohol. And truth be told, I think this is a far more American beverage than beer because of its uh, deep-rooted history within our culture. You know, I mean, if you were to go back in time, Jerry, and, like, hop in a time machine, hang out with George Washington in his college days, you know, um, he'd be chugging down uh, uh, cider, not beer, you know? Red's apple ale. Red's apple ale. (laughs) Um, And and there's a good reason for this, because um, as early, like, nine years, I think, after the first pilgrims had made their way to America, yeah, nine years after 1620, the first apple trees began making their way. It was a very prolific, uh, uh, prolific fruit that could grow easily here in America. And since it's unsafe to drink the water, you know, you got parasites, right. you know, other contagions running around. Uh, 
it's better to drink something with a little alcohol in it. Even children of early colonial America drove diluted versions of hard cider. So that being said, in uh, honor with our historical, deep-seated historical tradition here in America, I brought us from the state of California, Ace Premium Cider. This is Perrycraft Cider. It's not made with apples. It's made with pears. And uh, the, the Ace Premium Cidery of California, actually the oldest uh, established cidery after uh, the Prohibition ended. It began in 1993. And I guess bet- between that time, they weren't making too many cideries. But let's let's give this a try. Let's try it out. And producer Allison, you can join in on this conversation as well. Give us your thoughts. I'm I'm digging this. Yeah, it's really good, actually. I've never had this before. Yeah, I've never had it either. I've never had a pear uh, flavored cider like this. It's actually very good. Yeah, very really sweet, but I like it. It it's it doesn't like hurt your teeth. Sweet. It's like the perfect amount. Yeah. Now here's a question for you because I get made fun of all the time for drinking sweet alcohol. Like, ah, that's the girly drink. <laughs> you know? But I love a sweet alcohol. Like I have no sweet tooth. I have no desire for desserts. But when I'm when I'm feeling boozy, when it's time to go out and you know get a little bit hammered, you know, in, in honor of Jason Hammer, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I like something with a little sweetness to it. Now now are you on that spectrum? Do you feel like it's a girly? beverage if you do just like it's a little sweet i don't think so i think you know real men can drink seltzers right whoa whoa, whoa <laughs> it's whoa. okay they can oh you take you take on us with this uh mr jerry oh uh first of all what is a man and second of all <laughs> i uh, guess that's stretch none of us are biologists so I, these are good the problem that i have with them is like i don't want to drink a 12 pack of yes, that's correct. I can only or drink like one. I don't want six. Like I, I'll drink two, and then I'm I want something else. Mm-hmm. But I'm not drinking a six pack of beer anyway. I mean, think about the enormous amount of co- calories. So if it's keeping you more you responsible with your you're beverage correct. consumption, do you, do, do you think I count calories, sir? I will eat a Snicker bar for breakfast. <laughs> oh, you lucky bastard! Yeah, yeah. I think you got one of those fast hammers. metabolism. See, those among us who suffer through the slow metabolism, we have to be very conscientious about what calories go in. Like, you know, I'm a fatty now, but you should have seen me uh, a couple years ago. I was 60 pounds heavier, and the only reason, the only way that I've kept that off is by limiting the calorie intake. So maybe you have a point there, Jerry, by you know keeping it down to just one or two ciders as opposed to a whole mm-hmm. six pack of beer, keeping the weight down. Boom. But of course, you don't have to worry about it, you skinny. No, <laughs> yeah, my mom did not come to America for me to count calories. <laughs> All I know is somewhere Hammer's ears are burning right now. <laughs> so this is a Ace Premium Cider, a Perry Craft Cider from California, five percent ABV. Responsible showing. Um, if you have a chance, check it out. I picked this up from uh, the Big Red Liquors just around the corner from the station here. Good showing. It's, it is good. It is good. And now we're polishing off the last bottle uh, that I brought here to the station with producer Carl, giving a little uh, sippy sip. I would agree. It's it is very good. Yeah, and pear too. Yeah, not apple. I, I like I like the pear twist. Um, of course, you. I, I heard you over there making fun of me too for liking the sweet beverages. What's wrong with a man who yeah, enjoys it is, a it sweet alcohol? It is kind of a girly beverage? drink. Wow. Ciders and Zima. No cider. <laughs> See, that's why I did. The, that's yeah. why I did the historical background. Cider is a very American drink. I think you should say well, it's a very American, American drink. girly drink. <laughs> 
if we were back in time yeah. and we visited George Washington at his frat house, mm-hmm. he would be chugging cider. Mm. That's all there is to it. Well, so if you're calling George Washington girly, then uh, I, I guess that's the kind of girl that I'd want to yeah, be. Yeah, the last time I checked, I had the proper parts, and I, I'm liking this drink. I, well, it, look, it's tasty. And at yeah. the end of the day, that's all you want from anything, from, you know, beverage. Just something to taste good, something that you can enjoy, something that you can share with friends. And I certainly think that Perry Craft Cider qualifies. You can share this with friends. It's great. Well, Ethan, you're having this nice uh, drink, adult beverage, at the end of the show while I have to continue working. Oh, yeah. You bring up an excellent point. You know, yeah. better, better be safe on the roadways. Don't want to hit a yeah. DUI checkpoint. But this is only 5% ABV. I think I'll be safe. Thanks for listening to the show, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a blast as always. Uh, Catch my podcast uploaded to WIBC.com on the show page. And as always, I leave you with my parting words of wisdom. Wherever you are, whoever you're with, whatever you're doing, remember that life is a state of mind. And I'll see you next week on 93 WIBC. (laughs) 